0: Bless you, bless you, bless you as you sit down. Bless you as you sit down. Hello, Legacy Ladies. You don't have to be lukewarm with me, you can be on fire, you can be rowdy with me. Hello, Legacy Ladies! (laughs) Legacy Ladies! Good morning, good evening, hi, hi. My name is Vicky, as Sue has just told you. Um, People call me Vicky, not Victress, it's my ID. My ID says Victress. (laughs) My, only my ID calls me Victress. Um, <laughs> but everybody else calls me Vicky. Um, I have come from East London. Um, I have left my babies behind for the privilege of being in front of such excellent and fine-looking women today. You are a good-looking bunch. We are pretty there in the Eastern Cape, but no, you guys are good-looking. You are good looking, um, the mamas and the sissies in Emondi in saying their love and their greetings. When I told them that I'm going to speak, they're like, you mama, really? And I'm like, yeah, Chomi is being elevated. So, I've left the bundus, I'm in the city now. <laughs> I called my mom, I called my mom while I was in the hotel. She says, "Sissy, where are you? I said, I'm in Cape Town, Haibu. Why is I'm speaking. What he? You, Susan. I'm like, yes, <laughs> me. <laughs> me, Susan. She says, oh, you're looking so nice, Papa. I'm so proud of you. I'm like, oh, thank you, Mommy. That's exactly what I needed you to tell me, that you're proud of me. Now, before I continue, I just want to pray quickly. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this beautiful Tuesday, the 30th of January. You've carried us. You've carried us. You've carried us. By your grace and your mercy, you've carried us. And tonight, Father, we want to silence, we want to silence the voice of the accuser that would seek to stand against your word, the seed of your word as it is planted in our hearts this evening. We understand that your word would produce a harvest if it comes to a a heart that is right with you. And so, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would rectify our hearts right now in Jesus' name, that we are able to hear you, that we are sensitive to the thing that you're speaking to us this evening. And, Father, I bring myself to you, not taking it for granted, that these are your children, these are your babies, they are precious to you. Cover me, Lord. Cover me, Lord, cover me, overshadow me, Lord Jesus, and may the lion that is within roar with great confidence, roar with great confidence as you minister to your children, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so I will admit that I have a seeing problem. I'm supposed to wear glasses. Um, I don't, because maybe vanity is still a little bit too high, and the Lord needs to humble me, and I'm being humbled right now. Um, <laughs> Is it gonna flash for me when I've? Okay, no, good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just clarifying now. Okay, now I just want to establish some things. I, when I get passionate, I get really loud. Um, and the church setting that I come from, people, the more loud you go, the louder they also go. So we we match, we match energies. Okay. So I'm just asking you to just match my energy. Where I'm going, you must go with me. You understand? Yeah. We're going, okay. So I'm just establishing that now. So don't get surprised. Like, ooh, this girl is just like a lot. It's just, it's just for today. It's just for today. I'm gone. Back to Imoni. And then you can continue with your ways. So I'm just trying to establish that. Um, the person who didn't want to come and take their stripper voucher. <sighs> Sorry, not stripper. Paul, Pole. Paul. Semantics. Semantics pole dancing voucher not stripping to the glory of God, you can strip to the glory of God I just wanted to speak a word of encouragement to you wherever you are, do not be ashamed you can pole to the glory <laughs> some of us have polled our way to two kids we did it no regrets <laughs> So whoever missed out on that voucher, you missed out on an opportunity building skills and foundations for whatever is coming in the future. Amen. Just want to help you. I'm, I want to. I'm believing for healing this tonight. I'm believing for healing. I'm believing for healing this evening. I'm believing for, for restoration tonight. I'm, I'm believing for greater joy. I'm believing for greater levels with with God, I'm believing for greater tonight with Jesus, and so I'm glad that your hearts are merry and you you're at ease in your Father's house because you are in your Father's house. So it gives me great joy uh, to know that. So tonight, the title of my message is Fight Club, and honestly, when we get to the Bible, you're gonna ask, you're gonna be like, but Fight Club, how is it make sure? And I'll I'll I'll, ex- I'll explain how it's make sure. Um, but. But before we go into the word, I want to tell you about my eldest child. My eldest child is called Mesuli. Her full name is Mesuli (laughs) Wenyembezi. Mesuli Wenyembezi, Mesali, cook. Uh, Mesuli Wenyembezi means the one who brings comfort or literally the one who wipes away tears. Um, And then Mesali is joy. Um, and when, when we named her this name, we really had a sense as parents who are praying about, you know, you want to raise your child according to the way that God has made them. And we really had a sense that this is going to be a person who's going to be able to stand for people and comfort them and, you know, be a gift that way. And um, she is five turning six, and at the present moment, she is nothing of her name she is not comforting nobody. <laughs> Mesuli when Yembezi is producing tears for other people. Mesuli, Mesuli wants to fight. Mesuli chooses violence when she wakes up. Mesuli wakes up and she's like, where can I instigate violence today? Um, and I say this as a mom. I can say it because I live with her. Uh, I'm gentle parenting a person who chooses violence every day. And I can say this as well because she is me and I am her. So, so everything that she is, I recognize it fully. I'm like, that's me. That's, that's, that's my own sticks coming to hit me. <laughs> this baby is set. This baby is set on doing her thing, her way. When she wants to, where she wants to, from, go. From the minute she wakes up. Miss if you tell Suli, Suli, if you jump from here to there, you will break your leg. She'll say to you, where will I break my leg? And then, and then jump. Because she wants to experience this thing that you're doing. Miss Suli, oh, Miss wants to fight. Miss Suli will Missuli, will, instead of, you, you know, as a parent, you're like, hey, do you want to try and wear this with that and the other thing? She'll just look at you. No, I'm going to go and wear that. And you're like, Misuli, that thing has been sitting in the washing for two days. You cannot wear that. You've worn it three times in a row. And she says, I don't care, mommy. It's important to me. That's what I'm going to wear. Now, you don't fight with toddlers at some points. Like, some points, you're just like, sissy. You want to walk around in clothes with mud? So be it, so be it, so be it. When the goggles at church ask me, hi, umdana, what's wrong? I'm like, she is a 25-year-old in a five-year-old's body. <laughs> I'm dealing with a woman here. I'm not dealing with a little girl. My daughter is, she is hardcore. My daughter is hardcore, and when I, t- when I say she's hardcore, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I say it with, with real just like, my girl is hardcore. She's tough. She's a tough girl. She loves to fight. And, and, and when she wants to fight, she doesn't know where to draw the line. Missuli wants to fight, but she doesn't know where to draw the line. Like, you see, some things are worth fighting, some things we don't enter. And sometimes you must just listen to mommy like, this one, this is not worth fighting. You know, this, this thing that you're trying to do, it's going to hurt you, my baby. Rather just listen listen. We are talking the same message of listen every day in my house. Ms. Zuli, please, just listen. If you would listen, you would not have 5,000 bruises on your legs right now. She's got a cut to show you every day. She comes home, look, I got this. Look, and I also got that. And I'm like, if you just listen, you would be spared so much pain. Why do you not listen? Why are you so hell bent on doing your own thing, your own way, all the time? And I just remember—I remember, I remember the, there was a, there was a one specific, one specific moment that we had with Miss Suli, and I realized to myself, I saw myself. I saw. I said, "This is me." And, and this person is going to have a really tough time with God in the future if I allow this person to continue in this path that they're going, where I'm not calling out who we know the Father has spoken her to be, th- this nature that she is right now is not the fullness of what God has called her to, but I can see that this thing is going to become a hindrance. Um, <laughs> guys, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, okay? I'm going to tell you something. Don't judge me, all right? <laughs> We're all girls. Oh, yeah, okay? I'm going to tell you something. Miss Sully Cook decides the one day that Diana, she has had enough. She's had enough. She doesn't want to eat what we're eating. She's going to eat plain rice like she's somebody's stepchild. <laughs> she's going to eat plain rice and um, she's going to take plain rice to school with her for lunch. Now, I, I need you to understand, y- you see the color that I am. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of being flexible, we're not flexible with five-year-olds. This five-year-old was adamant that she's going to take leftover rice to school and eat that for the day. And this thing hurt me deeply. I'm not going to lie to you because as a child growing up, we, I grew up poor. You understand? I grew up poor. So eating dry anything is like... To me, as a parent, I feel like you're telling me that I'm failing you as a parent, that I'm not able to give you good things. There are snacks. We have a snack drawer, okay? We're not poor. We're in the lullies, but we're not poor. And this chick is just like, dry rice, please. And all I can think about is what's going to happen when she gets to school, opens this lunch box, and there is plain dry rice. And her nice teacher is going to look over and go, oh, she's big understand? I'm, I'm so concerned that they're going to be like, I'm abusing this child or that I'm negligent in some kind of way because I've let, her, I've let her leave home with this condition of food. And actually, I would love to spoil her and make little star-shaped sandwiches and cucumbers with hummus and all these other things that I've seen other fabulous moms on Instagram do that I cannot sustain. But anyway, I'd like to try at least. And she won't give me the chance to try. But she stood her ground stood her ground and she was just like, no, I don't want. Did she not get disappointed when she got to school with her dry rice <laughs> and get embarrassed when she was starting to eat her dry rice in front of the other kids? She started crying. I got a message from Mrs. Parrish. Sudie's having a tough day because of... <laughs> now, as a parent who's this color, You understand? My compassion levels, they're not here anymore. As far as I'm concerned, she can stay there with the dry rice. Keep her and her tough day. Let the day be tougher. Because some of us were going to school without rice. So, what is the problem here? Do you understand? A condition of heart. A condition of heart that is so orientated. So orientated towards you must have what you must have. You must have what you must have. You must, you must stick to what you want to stick to so much that even the person who loves you more than anything in the world cannot convince you otherwise. A position of the heart that is so, so set, so set in desire, so set in desire for else other than the person who loves you more than anything, who knows better than you more than anything. My daughter's condition is my condition. And some of you as well, and some of us as well. Amen. I want us to open. um, I want to tell us. I want to tell you a story. Um, It's in First Kings, uh, First Kings chapter eleven. We're just going to read from verses one all the way through to ten, if I'm not mistaken. Um, They're going to put it up there, I think, and they are sending signals. So, um, guys, it's very bougie in this church. I'm not going to lie. I went to the bathroom. I was like, this is immaculate. This is, wow, this is beautiful. Um, You have a beautiful building. Can I read for you and they figure out what is it? It's happening. Oh, it's there. There are so many of me right now. I am bamboozled. Wow. Okay, we're talking about a heart condition, remember? We're talking about heart conditions and we're talking about Fight Club. In fact, keep this up there for a minute. I just I made a little digression. Let me, let me come here quickly. If you are a person listening to the sound of my voice right now, all of us, are in a fight you are born into a fight nobody's life is perfect nobody's life is fair nobody's life is smooth sailing nobody's life is void of grief of pain or anything like that all of us have been born into a condition where we have to fight the question is the question is what are we fighting the question is, we have to fight all the time. The question is, what is our fighting stance? Okay? You're in a fight. I just wanted to introduce you to that thought, like you are, you are in a fight. If, you, if for you last year was a bed of roses and the only pain you acknowledged from last year was going to get a wax, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> but some of us were in a fight last year. Some of us have been in a fight since 2020, actually. Some of us have been in a fight even before 2020. And the battle has just been going and going and going and going. And we get tired. And our hearts get tired. And the fighting starts to feel like maybe this is a permanent feature for me. There's going to be no rest period for me. But I just want to say to somebody who is feeling a little bit weary, battle-weary at this moment. I'll get to the word just now. If you're feeling battle-weary, I want to say this to you. The battle is not forever. Even desert seasons come to an end. The Bible talks about rivers of waters flowing in the desert. Uh, uh, The Father talks of himself as rivers of living water, giving refreshing. A time of refreshing will come. Stay. Don't leave. Stay. Okay, that's just for somebody who's feeling tired and throwing their hands up in the air. Okay, now let's read the Bible quickly. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel you must not marry them because they will, everybody say, turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth. I know, pride price. Do you know how much lobola you have to pay? (laughs) Exactly. Imagine the taxes. Imagine the people who had to pay taxes for him to pay lobola. Just think about that. Ruminate. Ruminate. Okay, fine, fine, fine. And 300 concubines. And these people are having babies, by the way. It's not like 700 plus 300. No, plus the babies that come from all of that. Okay. But we're not talking about reproduction. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father, David, had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father, David, had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable God of Moab, and another for Molech, the detestable God of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord. um, For his heart had turned away. From the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Everybody say twice. Twice. We're talking about a man who in his heyday was said to be the richest in the entire world. The Bible, now listen, if you don't read the Bible, you are really missing out on a telenovela of note. It is... It is drama. It is suspense. It is all manner of things in the Bible. And what I love about it is that people are peopling in the Bible. And the Bible does not cover up for people. It, it tells you exactly as they are. So I'd love, to, I'd love for you to just give yourself a break from Netflix and just connect over here for a little bit. You will have Plot lines that you would have never expected um, when you when you go into the Word of God. So Solomon, in his in his in his beginnings, in his origins, in fact, Solomon is not even a product of anything really good. Just so you know, um um when product, when uh, when Solomon comes into into being as a baby, he is the baby of Bathsheba and David. Now David had David had. Bathsheba come into the palace and have a one-night extravaganza with her while she was married to somebody else. So these are not, these are not pure and amazing circumstances to come from. Do you understand? He's not coming from perfect He's not coming from perfect, but the way God blesses this Solomon, he 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 meets with him. God meets with Solomon specifically uh, when he's been ordained as a king. And what happens is God appears to him the one the first time. Solomon makes this generous, extravagant sacrifice of a thousand cattle, and the Lord appears to him in Gibeon and says, "What do you what do you want me to give you?" Okay, and Solomon, at that time, I'm sure he was like really young and. Obviously, after the influence of his father who was a man who was after God's own heart. Imagine your dad is that guy who's known as the man after God's own heart. And, and he's like, yeah, I want wisdom on how to lead your people. How am I going to do it if I don't have your wisdom? And the Lord's like, excellent answer. Not only will you get wisdom, but you're going to get a triple, quadruple f- powerball bonus of wealth and fame and influence that I'm going to give you over and above over and above this wisdom that you've asked me because you've chosen correctly. So Solomon has had a has had a, an encounter with God that 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 should that should serve to keep him for a really, really long time. Amen. Solomon is, is a guy who has seen the deeds of his father. He's heard of the things that his father has done. His dad is not perfect, just by the way. His father had had his his, his mom's Husband killed, for example, but the father still says that David was faithful to God. And so Solomon has got this—he's got this rich richness of 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 a relationship with with God. He's got this richness, and now it's not just a richness that's, in terms of the experiences of other people telling him he's had an encounter with God himself. He's had an encounter with God, and in this encounter, he has been given greater than what he currently has. So now we have a man who's got more wisdom than anybody else. He's written hundreds of proverbs. Uh, he, he, he's built amazing buildings. And nothing is as glorious as the kingdom that Solomon has. And yet we find in chapter 11 that Solomon somehow has managed to put himself in a position where he has angered God and his heart has turned away from him and it has turned to the gods that he never knew from his birth. Now, the thing that I notice in this text that I really love about this text is that it's very plain about what happened to Solomon. It's very clear. It talks about his heart. It says his heart was swayed away by his wives to the, to the gods that they served. How many of you know that you can swear your heart? How many of you are aware that your heart can be swayed. It doesn't have to remain in the place that it currently is in right now. How many of you know it's really hard to serve God when your heart is still looking to the past, to the thing that worked out in the past, but is not working now? How many of you know it's really hard to listen to the Lord and believe the Lord for tomorrow and today when you're still set on why did, why did that happen back there? Why haven't you fixed that over there? How many of you know it's really difficult It's really difficult to trust and obey when your heart is set on looking at the approval of other people before Him. A swaying heart. Now, I said we're in a fight, right? We're in a fight. And the fight is not just about, oh, I'm battling depression. Oh, I'm battling debt. Oh, I'm battling. We're battling our hearts. We're battling our hearts. That's the first fight that we need to battle, the battle of our hearts, our hearts being positioned in such a way that we're able to listen and spare ourselves from unnecessary pain. Can I tell you something? Just like Miss Suleen, there are so many incidences that I can remember clear as day where if I had just listened to my father, I would have spared myself heartbreak that was unnecessary. I would have spared others pain because I didn't want to listen. Because my heart was still turned to other things. Now, I just want to talk about the other things quickly. Is that okay? Can we talk about the other things that our hearts love to swing away to? Because hearts love swinging to things that make them feel good at the time. How many of you know it's really nice to have the affection of a guy? And that guy is a guy that you know is not the guy that you're supposed to be into. But because your heart is so swayed, to wanting that thing because it matters so much for you. It matters so much that he sees you, that it matters more than God seeing you. Because at this particular moment, this guy is present. He's right here. You can touch him. You can feel him. You can talk to him. He spoils you. <laughs> and the father is calling you to Wait. The Father is calling you to be patient. The Father is calling you to be still in His presence. But your heart, you see, your heart, your heart moves. And it's looking for the thing that's going to give it a quick, it wants a quick something. We're people of quick things. We're a generation of McDonald's. <laughs> we like fast things. Our hearts love fast things. And our hearts are set on fast things. So, so, so here we are. Here we are with, with hearts. Hearts that can be that can be molded, that can be shaped, that can move, that can do their own things, and, 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 and they're calling us, they, they're, they're, they're calling us, and they're saying, oh, oh, look, look at Sue, just last week, she got a promotion, and I'm pretty sure that if I keep fasting and praying, I should also get a promotion, and, 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 and then you don't get the promotion, and then you're very upset at Jesus that you didn't get the promotion. Because you've been fasting and you've been praying, but can I tell you something? Your heart hasn't been yielded to him in being obedient in the other things that you haven't seen because your heart is so focused on this particular thing that you're looking for from him, and it's not looked on him. You can't hear what you're not facing. You can't hear what you're not facing. You can't listen to what you're not facing. Can I tell you something? Okay. Okay. I'm just going to be... Guys, let me take off my shoes, ne? There's a situation going on. There's a situation going on. It's called old age. And I'm 38. I'm 38. I'm 38. I'm 38. I'm 38. And so these shoes are built for a certain individual that's 30 down. Not up. <laughs> so this feels so much better. Okay. Okay. Let's listen. Oh, no, no. I'm a person now. Okay. Yep. I'm here. Listen, 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 listen listen, when Solomon started doing his things that he was doing. It wasn't a thing that happened like this. It was a gradual thing. It was a gradual thing and some of us are in positions that we never thought we would find ourselves in because gradually, step by step, we've been lured away from the lover of our souls to go to things that are quick fixes, that promise you something but it never quite satisfies and we've been going and going and going and now the, the condition of our lives has deteriorated to the point that we no longer recognize who we are anymore because we've walked away, we've turned our hearts away from the one who knows better for us all. Amen. There are, there are ways to walk away. There are ways to walk away that are not obvious. There are ways to walk away that don't, that don't seem like, oh, you are definitely having a tough time with Jesus. I'm talking to people who are Christians. Okay, I'm talking to the Christian girls now. You guys are the worst bunch. Let me tell you why. Because it's easy to say, oh, amen, I praise God, I'm feeling so blessed. God is good. He's going to take care of everything. Meanwhile, inside you are, you are, you are festering with bitterness. You are festering with bitterness inside of you. And, you, and, you, and you, because you're festering this bitterness, it has taken hold of your life. And everything that you're producing is producing bitterness. Because your heart, your heart has turned away. Has turned away. And you cannot hear the father anymore. Can you believe that the guy? who saw the temple filling with the presence of God, was able to build up altars where babies would be sacrificed in burning fire. Do do you see how how those two things are so conflicting? Like, you got to see the actual presence of God fill the temple. Your your interactions with God have been so deep, so profound, so, so tangible. And yet, here you are, the record stands. Your ending is that you... Have raised up altars to other foreign things that destroy and kill and maim and, and, and take away from life and don't give off life. You've been living a life of wisdom and wealth, but the final product that you've produced is death and decay. Why? Because your heart, your heart, your heart, the proof is, the proof is in the heart. The heart. We're fighting for the heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is it kind of clear? You guys are so quiet. I'm like, hey, I'm stressed. Can go. I'm like, oh, stress. Can go Like, are we? Are we on the same page? You, you, you hear what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm coming. I'm coming after the resistance that we have. There's a resistance. It's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a carnal thing. It's a, it's a flesh thing. I don't know if you guys. Speak that language of carnal. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a carnal thing. It's a flesh thing where we, we resist we resist the Father's voice because the Father's voice wants us to come into a place of purity. He wants us to come into a place of righteousness. He wants us to live lives that are disciplined. He wants us to live lives that are godly. He wants us to live lives of, 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 of giving, of, of being selfless, of giving to others, of giving unto others, of, of giving way to others. And our hearts are like, I want to be the prime. I want to be... It must be me that's what your heart wants but 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 the father wants all of you and the bible is very clear in this particular this particular outcome of solomon's life is that solomon had everything but his heart was swayed from god solomon had you understand listen solomon did not lack anything in fact he was intelligent he was a funny guy he could fix all the problems but he was still lacking how much more for us who've got to drive atoses on potholes we've got to deal with our own children and wipe their bums he didn't have to wipe anybody's bum he didn't have to do all of that you understand every day he could pick a woman and be like today it's you next day you he was living he was living the life so a lot of us, we, we, we excuse ourselves and say, you know, Lord, if things were just a little bit better for me, I'd be able to attend to you, Father. I'd be able to give you myself wholeheartedly. If only this, that, and that. If only, if only. And Solomon had no if only. There was no if only in Solomon's life. He, all of his if onlys were met because he had the wisdom as well to meet those things. But his heart his heart. His heart was swayed. And it wasn't swayed because of hey, politicians came, yeah, this is what's happening so basically you're going to need to give up on God. He chose to love. What are you choosing to love? What are you choosing to love over what God has called you to love? What has taken preeminence over what God has asked you to love? Because God does have parameters of what we can and what we cannot love. He does. And he knows why he's doing that. Because, you, you see, he's like, don't marry these people, guys, because what's going to happen is they're going to sway your heart. And the Bible says, and it was so they swayed his heart. For a really smart guy, he was not too smart. <laughs> Sorry, Solomon. See you in the New Jerusalem. But, um, but what, are you, what are you choosing? What are you loving? What are you loving? Have you... Have you investigated what you're loving? Is it corroding? Is it taking away? Is it swaying? Is it serving the purpose of being whole to the Father? There are so many idols. Uh, uh, w- when we talk about this in the context of your Old Testament, like we talk about foreign gods and, and idols and all these things, it can be quite off-putting and be like, oh, but I don't have like you know, like a little silver statue somewhere or anything like that, your culture can be your idol. Okay, they're quiet. (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Your culture can be your idol. You can be so set that this is the way we do things. Where I grew up, this is how we do things. And you come into a body like this with diverse people and you're so stuck on your culture. (laughs) And how it's supposed to be done according to your culture. And And the father is like kingdom culture, my dear. I want to teach you kingdom culture. I want, to take, I want to take this idol that you're holding so high and mighty and using it to get yourself a sense of identity and wholeness, and I want you to put that thing down, cast that thing down, and turn your heart towards me yeah. so that you can follow me fully. So you can follow me fully. We cannot follow fully when we're not yielded completely over. Yeah. Did you know that people-pleasing can be an idol? Yeah. Okay. I'm talking to girls. And we are good people pleasers. We're taught from a young age how to make sure that, are you, are you happy with me? Do you think I'm cute? Do you think I'm beautiful? Do you, if I do this, will you, will you say, you, we're taught from a young age how to be people pleasers. Do you know that if the opinion of other people matters more than what God is telling you, it is an idol? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know that you cannot fulfill... The call on your life, the destiny in your life, when you are turned away to idols. When you're turned away to idols. But Fetra, what's happening with this screen? I want to understand. Am I... I'm still good. Oh, hey, I'm like... Four minutes. Come. I was getting stressed. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I... I I I really want to I really want to respect I want to respect your time I understand it's midweek and, and all these wonderful things. But I really felt, I've, I've, I've been praying for this message since last year in December. And I was like, God, I'm going to be faithful to your bride. I'm going to be faithful to say the things that I believe that you're saying for people. And I really feel that the Lord is saying, it's time to set aside the things that cause us to turn away from him. It's time for us to wholeheartedly turn ourselves willfully on purpose with intentionality and say, God, all of me and nothing less All of me and nothing less. Because the testimony that I want to have of my life is not that I started off really well. I want the testimony to be that I ran and I ran my race with excellence all the way till you come back and fetch your bride. I I, 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 I feel such a, such a burden to say to people, guys, now is not the time to be this way and that way. Now is the time to be steadfast and be anchored and rooted in the one who is our Father, who is faithful, who is good, who is pure and true, and rely and trust on Him because He is the one who knows all our days. The Father reminded me the other day, He's like, do you know that I I authored you because I was like, yo, Jesus, I don't think this thing that you're telling me is gonna work. And he's like, I authored you. I was like, hey, yes, you did. You authored me. So you know things that I don't know. You thought me. Have you ever thought of the idea that God thought you? Like, you are his thought. When you think of a cup of tea, you think about it, you go to the kitchen, you mix it, and you produce it. That's your thought. You are like a cup of tea, like God thought about you, two sugars, one sugar, milk, milk, no milk. This is going to be milky. You know? He thought about, he thought about all these complexities, hot, not too hot. He figured it out. You're, you, you are his, you are his, you are his. And so who else should you belong to but him? Who else should you belong to but him? Who else should you give yourself unto Whole heartedly, but Him. Because everything else kills and destroys. The gods, the gods, the gods of our communities, the gods of our families, the gods of our friends, they kill and they destroy. They do not produce life. Can I tell you something quickly? I used to be very proud of the fact that I'm very strong and I'm very independent. I don't ask for help. I must be like... I must be, like, dying before I can ask for help. I used to be so proud of myself. i like, yeah, I want to mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an iron rod. I'm not bending for anybody. I used to think, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to pride myself in that strength. I used to pride myself in that strength. And then the one day the Lord said to me, so when do I get to be strong? Yeah. Hey, when do you get to be strong, Lord? When I invite you, Lord, you can be strong. If I can see that, well, I've tried this side, tried this side, tried. Then, Gengogu, you can come in in and say, and when do I get the glory? When can I get the glory? When can the Father get glory from your life? Can the Father get glory from your life right now? Is your heart turned towards him? How is the fight going in your heart? I want to talk about fighting your fight. The, 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 The fight, the fight of your life is the fight for your heart. It's the fight of your heart. That's what the enemy wants. And some of you, the enemy has battled you in your heart. He's given you beatings and knocks on your heart to wound you so that you cannot, you you, you feel so achy that you cannot even bring your heart anymore to Jesus because you feel like it's too much, Lord. I've taken too many blows, Jesus, and I don't know if I can take any more blows. I, I, I don't know where to find rest, Jesus, anymore. But what can I tell you? He is the best place to bring your hearts. He is the best place to bring your hearts. If, if, if the Christ had to suffer, if the Christ had to suffer coming into his own planet just by the way, and he didn't kind of be like, I'm just going to escape this one and escape this one. He allowed himself to suffer on this earth. How much more then should we be able to bring our suffering hearts to him, our willful hearts to him, and say, this thing is beyond me, Jesus. You need to take this thing. It is a wild thing. Some of you have had unfair lives. Some of you have had really unfair lives, and you, you, you're saying, I don't even want to talk to God at this particular point in my life because I've seen so many things happen, and I don't understand those things. I want to say to you, you are in good company. Yeah. Many of us have experienced ugly, horrific things. Ugly, horrific things. But the one whom we have rested our hearts upon, has healed every wound and consoled us in the places where nobody could console. There is consolation in him. There is healing in him. There is redemption in him. I'm talking as a person who was sexually abused, just by the way. I'm not talking like, you know, I had a... uh, No, I'm talking about a person who's experienced poverty. Uh, I've experienced ugly things. But, but, but the Father, the Father and, and, and the safety of the Father the safety of the Father is guaranteed. So, I want us to stand to our feet. <laughs> I want us to stand to our feet. I want us to stand to our feet. We're in a fight. We are in a fight. We're in a battle for these hearts. And we want to swear our hearts back to the Father. Um, Sue, I know I said I'm going to call you up. Can I just... Thank you. Being a girl is not easy. In South Africa specifically. It's not easy to be a woman. Um, we all carry different weights of expectation. We have different, we're living in different seasons in a different time. The time that my mother grew up is very different from the time that I grew up. And the time that Masuli is growing up in is very different from the time that I was raised up. There are different things that are pulling our hearts. There are many options that are being offered to us as safe spaces that are not the Father. That take away from giving us the fullness of the thing that God is calling us to. Suffering, suffering is not something that's sparsely spread around to a few It's given to all of us. We all suffer something at some point in our lives. But that should not stop you from still turning your way back to the Father. Your suffering must not be the stumbling block that stops you from living a whole fulfilled life. If your heart is still turned away from the Father because you're angry, because you're hurt, because you're disappointed, because you're tired... Don't let those things call you, sway you to an end that is darker than your beginning. There is a brighter end. There is a good report that God has of you. There is an end that He has of you. Don't be swayed. Fight for your heart to come right with the Father, to be rested in the Father. And I want to give us an opportunity tonight to bring our hearts to the Father. I don't know where you are in your place with the Father, but recently I've been doing a lot of work about deep surrender, deep surrender, deep surrender, deep surrender, giving up my competence, giving up my ability to do stuff, giving up my, my strength, and saying, God, these things, I've started to serve these things and not you. And the more I serve them, the more tired, the more bitter I become. But when I serve you, there's a fullness of joy that I have. When I don't worship the things that make me feel like I have great value and I turn myself to you, the immaculate, most most matchless one, there's a refilling that happens. I can let go of my resent. I can let go of my bitterness. I can let go of disappointment. I can let go of anger. Because some of us are angry, carrying anger. And it's calling us away from the Father. So I want to give you an opportunity across this room. I don't know if you guys have uh, 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 a, 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 give yourself moments like this. This is an intimate moment. It's an intimate moment. And I want to give you an opportunity to pray out to your Father. Tell Him. Some of you have already been tugged at the place. You, 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 the, as I was talking, the Lord was already telling you, here, 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 here. This is where, this is where you're looking. You're not looking at me. So I want to give an opportunity now to turn your heart to the Father. Amen. So Jesus, here are your babies. Here are your children. Here are your girls, your daughters in different seasons with different expectations, different desires, different needs, but all of them known to you. All of them known by you. I pray, Father, that you would give now strength to make the decision to turn wholeheartedly to you, withholding nothing. Not holding a place of reservation for just in case. All of themselves to you, King Jesus. Lord, I ask for a special healing, Lord Jesus, for us who who have been desperate to even try and have this conversation with you but have been too scared to start, I pray for special healing now in Jesus' name. I pray for tears to be allowed to roll out. Allow your daughters, Lord Jesus, to cry out to you. Jesus, your presence is in this place. We feel it, Lord. Feel a sense of your presence and your comfort. I pray, God, for everybody, Holy Spirit, who is wrestling, even now, wrestling, 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 wrestling. Give them, give them that nod that tells them it's going to be okay. They can keep coming closer to you. They can keep coming closer to you. You are faithful. You are sure. You are true. You are steadfast. You can, you can hold them. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. seeing some women crying in the presence of God. I don't want to rush you. I don't want to rush you. Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you. I thank you for each and every woman in this place that you love, that you have spoken to with a clear voice. That as you've spoken and you've planted a seed, that you will water that seed by your Spirit. And as that seed is watered, Father, it would produce a harvest of righteousness in Jesus' name. A harvest of righteousness in Jesus' name. That this house would be a house that is full to overflowing with flourishing blossoms of your daughters in Jesus' name. That their hearts would be like well tended gardens, overflowing with bouquets, that smell beautiful, that smell of the presence of the Father. Jesus, Jesus, more of you, Lord, more of you, Father, more of you, Lord, casting away our fears, more of you, Father, casting away our doubts. May your light radiate now onto our hearts, Lord Jesus, casting away every shadow that causes us to doubt, That causes us to think that you lack when you do not lack. That causes us to think that you're angry when you're not angry. That causes us to think that we are not enough when you are enough. Cast away, Lord Jesus, those voices. Send those voices scattering, Lord Jesus. Send those things scattering, Lord Jesus, that would say that we are not worthy to come to the throne of the Father who made us, who formed us, who put us bone to bone, muscle by muscle jesus hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus amen amen